Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The information depicted in this podcast is purely for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle or routine. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Boost Your Biology podcast. My name is Lucas, and I am the founder of Ergogenic Health. Together in this podcast series, we will go underground to explore cutting-edge health and human performance insights that you simply cannot search on Google to help you upgrade your existence. So without any further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Boost Your Biology podcast. Today's special guest is an expert in sound healing. Katie, welcome to the show. Hello, Lucas. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So maybe, Katie, do you want to let my listeners know how you got so fascinated into, I guess, um, um, sound frequencies and, and sound healing? Yeah, definitely. So I think my journey started really young. I grew up learning classical music. So my mum really pushed me to learn the piano, learn clarinet, do lots of theory. And then I went to university for classical music on the piano. And I always knew that I wanted to do something with sound. Um, And then when I was young, my mum passed away and I started to have all of these like extreme emotions. So I started composing music and I realized when I started to put my feelings and emotions into the sound, I one felt a lot lighter and my energy felt cleaner. And two, the music that came out had a weird effect on people where they could also access their emotions. So I was like, there's something to this. So I was actually going to move to Melbourne and study music therapy, but then I always felt like there was something missing within the realm of music therapy. And that was like the discussion around consciousness and vibrational medicine. So I ended up moving to San Francisco and I studied sound therapy at the Globe Institute of Sound Healing with David Gibson. And then since then, I had a chronic pain condition as well. I had endometriosis growing up. So I think the reason for me being more than fascinated, but moving into like the healing realm and doing this work for other people is because I myself had to heal my own body because I had surgery. I was on all these medications. And I think that's the classic way of most people that get into some kind of healing form is like the medical system screwed me. And now I like, (laughs) I, yeah, like my organs were failing and I was just so sick. So I started to work with sound frequencies, with vibroacoustic therapy I ended up training in energy healing and now I do sound and energy and teaching and training in sessions full time. Amazing. Amazing. So I guess maybe do you want to explain to my listeners, Katie, the differences between, I guess, just music therapy versus, um, you know, sound wave, uh, sound frequencies. Sound frequencies. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So within sound, I think this is such a great question. Music therapy is relatively new, whereas I feel sound therapy is like based in ancient 
times everyone understands like Tibetan, Greek, using sound as a form to heal. I think there are two main predominant differences between music therapy and sound therapy. And it's kind of like based in, there's a hierarchy to sound. So there's the frequencies, the tone, the timbre, which instruments you use. I think music therapy and sound therapy differ where music therapy doesn't necessarily talk so much about the specifics of the frequencies. They'll use the tone, the instrumentation, the timbre to evoke emotional responses. But sound is really based in the laws of physics. So the way I love sound so much is understanding the deep science that it is both quite a spiritual experience, but also mainly rooted in science as well. So I think like talking about consciousness and science, whereas music therapy has that smaller range of information, it's still great. And I think it still has such a beautiful purpose for rehabilitation of using your muscles, for creating a calming response. But I think sound therapy maybe has a broader depth of application. Mm, yeah, cool. I might actually fill in my listeners how we how we actually connected. Uh, yeah. With uh, a video that I posted, uh, for those listening in, I posted a video about a certain frequency, the love frequency, as 528 hertz. 528, yeah. At 100 decibels are uh, affecting male hormonal response. So um, do you want to like sort of explain, yeah, that, that sort of um, the solfeggio frequencies a little bit to my listeners? Yeah, cool. So solfeggio, I actually have the solfeggio tuning forks here. Solfeggio frequencies are, they're basically like an ancient tuning system. Back in the day, um, I guess it's like loosely based on the Gregorian chant where people used to sing in the in the church and the frequencies that would come out of their voice were quite healing, but it actually follows a specific pattern. So each, there's 12 or nine, depending on, or six, depending on what solfeggio's scale you look at. But my work with the solfeggio frequencies is each note, each pure frequency has a different emotional response. So 174 Hertz is great for pain relief where it's releasing and minimizing the pain receptors within the body. 528 Hertz is loosely based around the energetic space of your heart. So on a physical level, the lower the vibration, the denser the part of the body. So if you work up the body, 528 is loosely the resonance of your heart. So I think also with the solfeggio frequencies, there's so many and I've tested them all to be like, does this actually reduce my pain? And a hundred percent without a doubt, when I put it through the sound table, I have less pain when I play 174. I think the testosterone, like I think the endocrine system repair is really powerful. So I think the 528 Hertz, even the 859 or 857, the next one up, it's because this part of our body is vibrating around that frequency. So you think about all of the hormonal response and the heart within, within those kind of glands. And also I think when you bring yourself back into a space of coherence within your heart, your whole system balances out. And that's something that isn't necessarily a medical thing but it's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to that, so the 174 hertz is the one that um, is most associated with pain, you mentioned? Pain relief, yeah. Yeah. Was that something that you sort of leaned towards when you were going through the the um, endometriosis pain or...? I think I started working with it later. So I've made a sound healing series with 30 minute tracks of each of the solfeggio frequencies. And when I did experience pain, I would lay on the table and then within like, I would have, I used to take like endone, like I used to take the worst stuff. And within 15 minutes of 174 Hertz going through my body with all these different crystal singing bowls. And of course I made the music. So I was relating to my own consciousness I had no pain. Crazy. So it's, it's phenomenal. I would suggest for people at home, if you want to get into it, I said, I'll leave, I'll leave a link to some tracks, but listening every day, there's like liberating guilt and shame. There is look at, there's a lot of information. Look at what resonates with you, but listen to it either through two speakers and have the sound waves coming at you for minimum 15 minutes. I reckon. 
Is there is there a frequency for minimizing fear? I mean, that's a, a yeah, big, yeah, definitely four seventeen, four seventeen hertz. I'll I'll link below an article that I've written about all of them, and then you can listen to the soundtracks after. Definitely, liberating guilt and shame is a huge one. Reconnecting to your higher consciousness, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then they also have very physical responses like the great thing about sound is that it affects every level of functioning so it's like it affects you on an energetic level but also on a physical level when you're supplying a frequency that's in a close resonance say that you want to retune your thyroid there's lots of different frequencies for the thyroid and through resonance you can actually play a frequency to the thyroid and if the thyroid is operating at a lower vibrational resonance and it's slightly detuned if you play the correct frequency back a stronger vibration will entrain a weaker vibration so you're going to be able to literally resonate the functioning of that back into its organic state wow. and that takes some that takes some time like that's why i think the vibroacoustic therapy is perfect because you literally can shift the waters of your body, the cells, the molecular structure, but also using your voice and also just listening to music and setting your intention to retune it. Like we're so powerful. Like that guy who like rebuilt his spine. If you watch that documentary heal. He re- uh, using uh, sound. Just, just with his mind. He just like visualized himself rebuilding his spine. So it's like, the power of our intention is pretty powerful too. What about like, I guess, from a productivity or like getting into that flow state? Like have you yeah, with anything there? I would say then you would look at the higher in within the hierarchy of sound. Instead of just one pure tone, you would start introducing the element of rhythm. So when you have two different tones, I think most people now have heard of binaural beats. Yeah. yeah. So like brainwave synchronization is a powerful, powerful tool when it is done right. So I think when you have two stable tones and then there's a small difference in between, your brain actually makes up the carrier tone and it creates one stable note. So if you put like 100 hertz and then 110 hertz, there's a difference of 10 hertz and your brainwave makes up that in the middle. So what it's actually doing is it's forcing this here, this hemisphere and this hemisphere to say, let's just make this into one sound. So they actually start to synchronize and they, all of the neural pathways like kind of connect in one, which only really happens when you're like an advanced meditator or you're in that like create, you know, when you're just in that creative state and you're so focused and everything dissolves around you, that's like kind of, space that we can kind of like trick our minds to getting into. So yeah, definitely like different brainwave states for, I guess like theta is more like meditation and accessing like your creative state. I would say that's where I am when I play music, but like alpha or beta, when you can, when you can synchronize into one space, yeah, you can do a lot of work. That's the first time I've actually ever heard somebody explain how actually how binaural beats. Oh yeah. But I've used them in the past, and I've been recently playing around with. Um, I listen to like slow down tempo Sibian. That's like got a really consistent. Yeah. yeah. How slow do you reckon it is? Um, I mean, it's not super slow. It'd be probably one eighteen. Like probably one twenty. One. Yeah. And like the consistency. So it's like, it affects, yeah, your brain waves. But if you're not purely synchronized between the left and right hemisphere, if your system is entraining to a really stable space for long enough, it's kind of like the same effect as when a mom rocks their baby in that space. It doesn't necessarily matter like what's going on in the background, but it's the fact that your system's like, a, have you seen that video on YouTube where all of the metronomes, there's like 30 metronomes and they click one and they go and they're all a few few seconds apart and within four minutes, they all begin to synchronize into the same space. Ah, is it like so the, the... One of those old school metronomes and it goes tick, tick, and they're all making a sound and they're all different and then after four minutes, they all become the same sound and like rhythmic structure because it only takes like three or four minutes to entrain your brain waves. Mm. So people with insomnia, I would say like listening to that 
in a, like a delta state, a deep delta, which is that like two zero point something to two hertz going whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah there's something there as well um, I've heard is the, the beating of the, when the baby's in the mother's womb, the actual beating sound is like almost like the bass. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Yeah, I've listened to sound recordings. My friend just had a baby and I I wanted to take a sample of, they got a sound of their heartbeat and I wanted to make a track of a sample of a baby's heartbeat because how pure is that? Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> I'd love to hear about some of the, um, like some some of the things you've seen like with, with patients or like, actually mm. healing stories, like share some, you know, incredible stories with, with my listeners. I think within sessions, okay, my f- very favorite story is when I was just starting out, someone came to me and they had a broken finger and it wasn't healing. And they had the option, they said if it didn't get better in I think three weeks that they had to do surgery and she was a seamstress and she didn't do surgery. And I had recently discovered that the frequency of a cat's purr regenerates human bones. They did a study and they put all of these people with broken bones in a room full of cats. And they're, yeah. So if you ever have a broken bone, put a cat on your body. But it's around 24 to 48 hertz. So I put headphones on her body. I um, laid her on the sound lounge. And then I played tuning forks um, 111 hertz, which is cellular rejuvenation. So I put that on her elbow and sent the signal down. And then I visualized kind of sending golden blue light to recode the bone and reform the structure. It was probably like an hour session. And I was like, I hope that did something. Cause I think there's not many people doing what I do. So I kind of like make it up and test and ex- experiment. And a week later she called me and she's like, what did you do? And three days after that, she went to the doctor and her bone wasn't broken anymore. And she just completely healed her bone in one session. And I was like, you improvised like that setup that pretty much. I, imp- I was like, well, we'll put the frequency of bone regeneration. We'll put the cellular rejuvenation. We'll do the energy work. Pretty cool. But I think on like a more average level, I think sound, what I see mostly is people having profound experiences. I guess like mostly it's muscular rejuvenation. So like people have just gone undergone surgery. It's like the repair time for that. And people with fibromyalgia who in chronic pain and they lay on the sound table and they don't have pain anymore. Like they did this study and they took 19 patients with fibromyalgia for vibroacoustic therapy. And they had two sessions a week for five weeks. And within, after that time, so they played, they laid on the lounge for 23 minutes and pulsed 40 Hertz into the lounge. And after five weeks, 76% of patients came off had reduced pain medication, 27% completely came off their pain medication and over 65% had increased active, uh, like range of movement, um, decrease in insomnia. So it's like, there's so many positive effects to sound from your emotional response. Like I use tuning forks when someone comes into a session to diagnose what's going on in their body. So when someone lays down, if a client comes in for a session, I'll strike a tuning fork and I'll bring it over their energy field. And it acts like a diagnostic because our body is constantly emitting a sea of vibrations. And when we are diseased or in bad health, those vibrations are diminished. They're not strong. They're not present. So when I come over someone's body and the tone stops or the pitch changes, I listen in and then I, I figure out, is that an emotional thing? Is that a physical thing? And then I kind of scan through the body, find all of the imbalances. And then that's where I know where to work on for the body. Mm. And it's always phenomenally accurate. I've done it three years now. And for the first two years, I was like, I'm making this up, (laughs) but it's, it's always been really true. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is like you, Press the so strike the tuning fork. Yep, it's a vibration, and then it will yeah. change. It might alter slightly when there's a dysfunction somewhere. 
on the perfect. Place. Yeah. So it's like we're constantly emitting vibrations. When someone looks healthy and vital, they uh, kind of look like they're glowing. When someone looks sick, everything's kind of like lackluster and missing that energetic component. So we can actually listen in and hear hear what part of the body isn't operating properly. Because like science has now shown that cells actually make a sound. So it's like everything is emitting a sound. We just can't hear it. You know, everything is sound. And it's cool to think about like I'll tuning fork my plants when they're not doing so good or I'll listen in to spaces within the room to see if, I don't know if there's trapped energy or mm. it's really fascinating. Yeah. What, what, else, what else have you used to sort of like enhance the experience for the patients? Like you sort of mentioned a, a sound lounge. What else is part of the experience? When someone comes in for a session with me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they'll come in and then I'm an intuitive empath. So I can kind of feel what's happening in their body, in my body. We'll talk about like what's going on. I'll be like, what have you got going on here? And they'll be like, I didn't realize, oh my God, now I feel it. I've been ignoring that for ages. And then they'll come down and then I'll typically start with like, I'll start with the tuning forks and I'll come through the energy field and then I'll do a crystal sound bath to kind of create those binaural rhythms, take their brainwaves into a state where they are so zen. And then I'll turn on the sound frequencies and then I'll do an energy alignment. So it's like 90 minutes and usually I don't have to see people for very many sessions, which is awesome. I'm kind of like, if you have to come back for more than three sessions, I'm not doing my job right. Because sound is so, yeah, transformational. What about, I guess, um, from like a stress slash like sleep perspective, have you sort of personally totally. or played around with that at all? I think stress, like the, that's pretty much the reason why I made these sound lounges, like within sound, like our nervous system and our vagal tone is so shot. I think about people who like back to entrainment, if you drive to work and your drive is like a 30 minute drive in traffic, you're in training to the, all of the vibrations, everyone in the car, everyone pissed off. By the time you even get to work, your nervous system is shot. So I think like the more that we can create a space where you have just a stability of the vibration, like even you listening to that, um, lo-fi music, that's creating stability. We're not used to stability in anymore. We're not used to feeling safe in our body anymore. So I think like from just a purely scientific nervous system space, if our nervous system and anxiety presents like a buzz in the body or a, a inconsistent frequency or shape, when you lay on the sound lounge, it's just a pure tone. So it's just inevitably this stronger vibration will start to entrain this weaker one and your nervous system will go and then from your nervous system being calmed, your heartbeat starts to slow. Mm. Everything starts to balance out because the body is always seeking harmony. It's more energy. It's less energy efficient to be chaotic, you know? So if we give ourselves the chance with sound to just experience stability in our nervous system through felt sound or even just making, like when I go to the shops, I'll just go, and that's actually activating my vagus nerve and I'm sending that tone and that sound and that vibration and it's shifting all the cells and it's saying to my body, you're safe, you're okay. Like these lights are crazy, these humans are crazy. So I think the more that you can provide that to yourself, you can feel empowered over your nervous system because I used to suffer really chronic, chronic anxiety just because I didn't realize how receptive I was to everything. And I think most people are so much more aware and in tune and sensitive than they realize. Mm. Like clients come in and they say, oh, I can't see anything or do anything. And by the end, they're like, wow, I'm actually really perceptive. I just didn't, I've just been clouded by all of this stuff. Yeah, it's fascinating. The other aspect to that is um, I'm wondering with some of the, some of the music that I listen to, if it's mm. the, predict the predictability aspect of the actual music, like I know what's coming, whereas like is there, is there something there with like the predictability versus unpredictable sounds? I've created soundtracks. That's a great question. I've created soundtracks that I go on 
a crazy journey and I take people in this thing and this thing and this thing. And then I've made this one track. I create, I crafted it because my little brother loves to play. He has ADHD and he loves to play Minecraft. What's one of those video games. And it's just like the same freaking song the whole way through. So I was like, I'm going to test this. So I made a track that's just the same the whole way through. Everyone loves this track. Is this one Fortnite? is not fair. Is it what? Fortnite or Minecraft? It could be either of them. Whatever. I don't play any video games, but whatever video game has like the same music and it's like, dun, 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 dun. Anyway, the predictability-ness, all of my clients love the track that is just the same because I think it gives the brain a chance to not process any new data and allows your subconscious mind to sort and compartmentalize all of the infinite thoughts that you're constantly thinking. I kind of think of consciousness as like you have your body here, but in the background there's like 10 different TVs and they're all linked into your brain and they're all playing different stations and you don't even know that they're there. And if you can't turn this off, how are you going to access that to turn that off or change the station or unplug the cord? So I think a lot is going down when you listen to repetitive music. Mm. The feeling of safety, like you know what's coming. There's so much to that. Yeah. What was the um, application for that? Like what what were you trying to um, elicit in the listeners? In making this track? Yeah. What was the the intention, the the goal? I was just testing. I was seeing what do people like because I make crazy weird music. So um, my brain is I'm pretty far out. So I was like, I don't think what I naturally make is going to bring relaxation and calm to people. I'm going to make two extremes. And I played the two to all my clients. And that one's the Violet Flame track and everyone loves it. Mm. It's it's like 30. It, you can loop it for like 10 hours if you want. It's just the same beautiful sounds. Yeah, cool, cool. You also mentioned, um, Katie, about... The, the humming that you do to activate the, the, vagal, the vagal nerve. Do you want to explain to my listeners, first of all, how they can do that? And secondly, the benefits of activating the vagal nerve. Yeah, totally. So like the vagus nerve is a nerve that runs down kind of from the back of the throat and then it like winds down and it touches and plugs into your stomach and all of your organs and it really feeds like we're electromagnetic beings. So we're constantly having a circuitry of electrical data and information being sent. If you picture like your wire at the back of the computer and you kind of like a mouse bites into it and it's all frayed and the data isn't being sent properly, you can think of rewiring and like strengthening the tone of that nerve through once again, the stability of the vibration that you're supplying it. So like when people can't express themselves and speak their truth, I think so many people at at this time have so many thoughts and beliefs that they just can't share. There's fear around even mentioning the V or whatever, blah, 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 where they work, work at work. So with my clients, what I say is like, one, in when you're alone, make the sound of how you actually feel whether that is like, sometimes I prescribe screaming in your car. Like you have to release out the excess trapped energy before you can start strengthening and creating that. And two, yeah, humming to yourself. What that's doing is that's going through, if you picture like a blue light coming through, it's activating that nerve and then it's sending a stable signal all the way down your gut health you know your mental health and your gut health is so linked the vagus nerve touches in and supplies information to that system so it's like an all-access pass to all of your your organs so i would say like start and see how long you can make a tone and feel how weird it is be uncomfortable with yourself because you're making a sound. That's fine. And then practice how long you can tone for, even if you're just sitting at your desk and feel the vibration and send it all the way down through all of your body. Mm. And I promise that you'll feel great. That's amazing. And then, so we could do that solo. And then I guess the expansion to that would be those in a group setting, the the group humming. It's hard to do it in a group setting. I've tried so much. It's, it's weird. (laughs) 
I think we're just uncomfortable to do that. I say to when I run group sound healings, if you want to make a sound, you can make a sound. You don't have to. But yeah, I guess like also singing, you know, when you sing with your friends in the car, it doesn't have to be some deeply like home spiritual thing. It's like just make a vibration. Yeah, I think um, another aspect to that is aggressive component, like you mentioned, um, letting out frustration and anger. So like how can somebody, you sort of said you applied, um, suggested screaming. Just in the car, yeah. Urgent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You've got to let that out. Like kids are the best sound healers in the whole world. Think about when they don't like something, they'll just lay down and scream. And then five minutes later, they'll get up and be like, nothing happened. I'm like an empty vessel now. But like, we're not taught to do that when we're older, it's not acceptable. So we repress things. We diminish ourselves, and we just shove like when I do energy and I can read someone's energy field, it's like, Oh, you've stored all of this rage in your left kneecap. Like the bones are where we store rage. It's in your spine. Oh, you've got a growth in your thyroid now, or you've got a lump here. So it's like when our emotions aren't able to be processed, they sit as a frequency in our energy field. You know that feeling when you're so frustrated, you don't deal with that and you stay in that space. It actually, that signature frequency begins to crystallize and then it's going to inform our physical body. So that's how like the bioenergetic field starts to inform the makeup and structure of our physicality. You know, if a cell's vibrating and it stays like that and it joins, it's going to form something eventually. So like, on a physical level, let out your emotions, but just on a, like a, we deserve to feel free and great in this life. Find a space where you actually tune into what you feel and then make the sound of that. Like when people lay down, I say, make the sound of that grief and it's really quiet. And I say, bring it to the surface and it just gets a little louder and a little louder. And then eventually they're crying hysterically And then three days later, I'll get a text being like, I feel great. Everything's flowing again. So I think finding a space to like identify what you feel, find a music and just do it. It just feels weird, but it will be very liberating. Yeah, that's really fascinating. What about, I guess, from like a um, PTSD, extreme trauma perspective, like what have you, what have you seen there? Yeah. PTSD is a hard one. I have PTSD from when I was sick. I started hallucinating as I drove on the highway. So like I was so sick because I had dengue fever when I was living in Colombia and I came back and I lost kind of consciousness driving on the highway at hundred kilometers an hour. And then another time I had a trauma flashback. So I would have severe anxiety and then I'd have to pull over. And now I just like can't drive on the highway at hundred K because I have flashbacks or my nervous system is like, remember this terrible thing that happened. <laughs> so it's like built into my like perception of reality, but I have a lot of people with PTSD. And I think the main focus for me with sound is one stabilizing that nervous system showing that it's safe in the body, locating where that memory or that energetic expression of the trauma is trapped within the body, not necessarily reviewing or re-experiencing it, but externalizing that emotion and that energy and asking them, does it have a shape? Does it have a color? Does it have a size? Because when you create a structure that is outside of yourself of that trauma or that emotion, it becomes separate to you and you can shift and do something with it. So I'll say, do you want to put it into the earth? Do you want to change it? Do you want to whatever? And then my favorite part with music, when they're on the sound lounge, I'll put the headphones on. And like we spoke about shifting the brain waves and turning off those TV programs, when you access your subconscious, your body and your consciousness wants to heal. So I think with music, you can access different states of consciousness so easily and so beautifully. And we don't even know where we go. Like, you know, when you do a meditation and you wake up and you're like, where did I just go? Like science hasn't even covered all of the dimensions and realms, but there's a higher aspect of you that wants to clear that. And I think when you shut off your conscious mind and you completely relax, it's like a sorting file where it's like, 
it can put everything in its right place and kind of tone down. And then you have to kind of reactivate the experience from a new vibration. But that's like later down the track once you've kind of gone through a process. It's a tricky one. PTSD is hard. Mm, It's really, really interesting. I've never, just the way you explain that, like it sort of made me think about, um, you sort of said becoming separate from the event. And that's like many um, like healing therapies or counseling sessions or just psychology sessions they they teach you to like say hello to me hello mr frustrated or hello mr guilt uh mr guilty so i understand that like that separation there yeah because then you feel empowered like most people have never thought about perceiving an emotion or an energy as a color or a shape but it's so harmless so when i say where do you feel that in your body you really have to come back into your body. So a lot of people are actually not even living in their bodies. When I start a session, I always say, when you walk around in your day, where are you pulling, where are you inhabiting yourself within your energy field? Are you living above yourself? Are you living behind yourself? If you had to take a breath and pull all of your consciousness into your body, where does it come from? Mm. And people are like, oh my God. And I'm like, how often do you feel your feet? And they're like, oh, I haven't felt my feet in years. So it's like when you can be in your body with your pain, you can access the pain. And when you can access it, you can externalize it. And when you can externalize it, you can transform it through vibration. The sound of the the frequency of like a gong or a didgeridoo is a really clearing vibration. The harmonic series within those vibrations are really activating. So it brings everything up to the surface. Like, you know, when you're sitting in a, concert and everything's going off and all of your, like everything rushes to the surface. You can access all of your old stored emotions and energy and pain and clear it with the vibration of a gong. Did you do a like rock concert, whatever you like. And then I think crystal bowls kind of bring in the new frequency and provide the new information to the body of stability, of safety, of calm, of whatever you want to embody. It's amazing. It's really, it's really cool. I just want to. It's so cool. I just want to immerse myself. I want to do a session with you, like right after this. I wish the border was open. I would love. I'm going to come down to Melbourne. I've got to do some show days for the sound lounges, and do some sound baths. Mm. Can't wait for everything to be open. I really feel so passionate that this is such a beautiful way. Like based in science, based in spirit, and it's so enjoyable too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can relate, I guess, like just sharing my experience with some of the, the music I listen to to get myself into a flow state, but even some music that I deliberately listen to, to become more emotional. Whereas like yeah. most of the time I'm so like productivity focused, like get shit done all the time. And so I, I, I become more robotic, but sometimes yeah. I become like more to like access your emotions. Yeah. 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 What do you listen to? What's your go-to music for? If I want to get like almost like reminiscing or like sad. Nostalgic. Or, yeah, nostalgic. I'll, I'll use, I'll listen to like really intense soundtracks. Oh, like Hans Zimmer. Yes, yes, yes. Ludovico Naudi. Yeah, things like that. Um, yeah. It's violins. See, the energy of the strings really pulls at your heartstrings. It's this like opening and this like tearing that brings everything to the surface. I love that. Bon Iver does that for me. Bon Iver, like really sad folk vocals. Oh, yeah. It's healthy. I think it's really healthy to let yourself go into that space and feel that. Mm-hmm. What about, I guess, like the, you mentioned something around the hierarchy of sounds. Do you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah. So like, like we were just talking with, the, I guess, even pulling the emotions out of your body. So within that Hans Zimmer soundtrack, he has chosen specific, I guess he hasn't really chosen specific frequencies, but like if you picture a pyramid on the bottom, everything begins as a frequency. And the next layer up is the tone or the timbre. So within the case of the music that you listen to, the tone of the violin is a really different tone to the tone of a drum or clapping or the timbre of like a rain stick is different to the timbre of someone singing opera. So it's the quality and the way that we perceive the sound. Someone can sing a song 
and their tone or the timbre of their voice is just activating and like really off-putting, but then someone can sing with a tone that's really beautiful. So it's frequencies, tone, and then the intervals of music that we choose to use. So like when you play the piano, if you're playing the intervals, the space between two notes. So typically like, you know how we have music and it's in a major key and it makes you feel happy and a minor key makes you feel nostalgic and sad, different intervals will create a unique emotional response. So the interval of an octave is really safe and securing. It's like, it's unison. It's the same note. It makes you feel grounded. It makes you feel alive. Whereas the interval of like a second, which is like, the space between the two notes is just a step up because they're so close together. It creates almost like a dissonance or like C if you had C to C sharp and this is like music theory, but it creates a dissonance that like really makes you feel uncomfortable and it brings all of those emotions up to the surface. Mm. And then you have the time, which is like the tempo or the rhythm of sound. So when you listen to like a really fast paced music and you're like, I don't know, what do people listen to? Beyonce, I don't know. When you listen to a, a music with a certain rhythm that gets you super pumped up, you can also use rhythm to slow you down. You can use the rhythm for the binaural brainwave entrainment. You can use rhythmic pulses to go into trance state. And then the last aspect of the hierarchy of sound is the consciousness or the energy or the intention. So like when I channel the music and when I make a track, say my endocrine system retune track, I'll be channeling information or a color frequency or a light or an intention that I visualize everyone's endocrine system retuning into the music or embedding the energy or the emotion of like unconditional love or peace or whatever. It's like when we start to work and understand that we consciously create everything and we have the power to affect physicality, that's when I think the use of music and sound is really powerful when we embed our intentions and our energetic awareness of things. It's like when someone sings a piece of music and they don't care about it, whereas someone sings a piece of music and it's their whole soul and you just have that huge cathartic response. So like there's a lot of different layers going on in sound. Like when you listen to a piece of music, you're like, oh, that was good. But when you really break it down, there's so much happening. There's so much that affects us. And every it's like a universal language. Everyone resonates and understands music and sound. Mm. I'm trying, I mean, even lately, personally, I've been um, expanding my appreciation for different, for different genres. And I'm just trying to broaden my perspective there because I've been a lot, for a long time, I've been just an addict of like, trance or progressive house or techno but i'm trying to yeah expand that out with different sounds as well and even listening to nature sounds like in training to the vibration of like a stream like i went out to o'reilly's the other day and i just took recordings i'm gonna make a album of nature sounds with the solfeggio frequencies that people can listen to for hours because it's like i recorded that in a natural environment the within sound, you can capture the energy of the space and bring that with you. It's like when you listen to an album that's live recorded at blah, blah studios, the energy of nature is there. So like a little aspect of that is going into your body and you're entraining to the natural rhythms and the natural laws of this planet. Mm -hmm. So I think there's lots of different elements when you start to explore different facets of sound that you can consciously retune yourself with. It doesn't need to be a big thing. It's fascinating. It was, so cool. a, it was another thing you sort of mentioned around um, of the vocal analysis program. Do you want to Oh, yeah. Yeah. Explain a little bit about that. So it kind of works on the premise of how I use a tuning fork to find the missing frequencies of the body. Within your voice, your voice carries all of the frequencies that relate to your emotional, mental, physical health. So... We need a full spectrum of frequencies to exist, just like we need every nutrient in our system to live a healthy life. You know, when you meet someone and they talk really monotonously and they da 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 da, and they probably don't eat very well, they don't go outside, they have 
I don't know, stuff going on. That's because when you speak with a healthy resonance and your voice and talk like that, it's letting you know that you have the correct balance of frequencies within your body. So what vocal analysis does, I have a program made by this cool American lady. She's like 75 and she's crazy and I love her. Kay Thompson. I can't remember if her last name's Thompson, but she created a program and you plug it into your computer and I ask people three questions and it records the data of your voice. So it then graphs all of the notes and the frequencies that you speak and it calculates what notes you don't speak. So the notes that aren't present in your voice when I ask you these questions come up on my computer screen so I can see that this person's missing the note C, which is this frequency range. And then she's created a graph of all of the different notes that correlates to your emotional health, your organs, your, like your gallbladder. So I, I had a client and she was deficient, completely deficient in C and in E on the graft and everything else was, was great. And it was to do with her appendix and her right knee on the graph. It said appendix, right knee, and all of these other things. And I was like, you're missing these things. And she's like, yeah, well, I had my appendix out a few years ago and I had um, knee surgery. And I was like... (laughs) So then what I do is I go and make a soundtrack with the frequency of those notes and I play it back into the body. So the sounds are almost feeding those aspects of the body and retuning it that way. That's, that's incredible. So basically it's really cool. using sound to assess almost like a, a weakness or a deficiency, I guess. Totally, totally. And when you can understand that everything is simply a, a, a vibration and it's either vibrating in its natural resonance, it's vibrating healthy or it's, or it's dissonant and it's out of tune, you can retune that. Because if everything's vibrating, it's not stagnant, it's not solid like we've been taught. You can shift you can explode like there's a TEDx talk where you can explode a cancer cell with sound vibrations. So there's this video and this man has found the exact frequency of this one little cancer cell and they're all up on the screen and you play that exact frequency back to it and you rev up the amplitude and it starts to vibrate and it's feeding so much energy to the cell. It just explodes and it doesn't affect any other cells because that's not the exact frequency of that note. We're not there yet because I also think you shouldn't be talking about how sound can heal cancer because that's how people go missing. But <laughs> would that be within the um, zero, sorry between one to five twenty eight? It would be somewhere there. No, dude. So like the range of frequencies, the frequency spectrum, like your bones are operating at like twenty four hertz, yep. so like really low, and then. It goes anywhere up to like, I don't even know, like thousands and thousands of hertz. So like we can see our physical body, right? And that's a very dense vibration in the air and in the in, in our energy field. You can't, like the average person can't see our energy field. They can't see energy. But if you could see energy on that higher uh, ultraviolet electromagnetic spectrum, you would see colors you would see red you would see purple that's how people can see auric fields that light wave can be transferred into a sound so that angstrom can be turned into or nanometer can be turned into hertz so there's like super high frequencies that are in our body and in our field that we just can't hear so like there's a huge range of frequencies going on wow that's interesting yeah yeah i always thought it's just you know limited to that but that range that range one to five twenty is just the sol- solfeggio range. So the highest solfeggio is nine six three hertz. There's four seventeen. Have we got the nine six three? There's a whole range. There's a whole range, and like that's the smallest part of our body. So that's going to be a higher frequency, where the the, the bottom end of our body is more dense. So it's going to be a lower frequency, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So I guess um. Maybe, Katie, do you want to let my listeners know? I mean, there's been so so much amazing information here and, like, right now... I you hope do- that it makes sense. I hope that people are kind of getting an understanding. 
I definitely think, yeah. I mean, if I if I can understand this, I think anyone can with this sort of stuff. Cool. Um, so if they want to, if they want to connect with you, or like you said, sort of mentioned some links, yeah, let them know where they can connect with you closely. Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. It's vibrosound underscore vibro v i b r o sound underscore healing or vibrosoundhealing.com. And I'll, I don't know where you put these videos, but I'll make a little text and I'll give you a free download to some of my Solfeggio tracks. I have a bunch of music for sale on my website and I do sessions via distance as well. So you can have a sound or an energy alignment over Zoom. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, I mean, thanks so much for coming on the show, Katie. It's, uh, it's, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thanks for letting me just chat about sound. It's something. <laughs> it's really fun. Very different compared to my usual podcast guests, but I think my, my audience will really appreciate what you had to say. Yeah. So like, I think that they should, yeah, definitely start toning their, um, in the back of their throat, making the sound of how you feel and listening to some binaural beats or some solfeggio frequencies. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Thank you everyone for joining in to today's episode. For in-depth show notes and lessons learned, visit nofilter.media forward slash boost your biology. This has been a No Filter Media production. Say what you want. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 